Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. Thank you for joining us wherever you are around Australia or around the world. Your continued support means the world as we continue to bring you interviews and golf information from around the world with people who love golf about their love of golf. This week, PK and Pultz join us to share their love of golf. Both gents are long-time M-Log supporters and very active members in their golfing communities. PK hails from Sydney and Pultz from Melbourne, and we just love how passionate they are about supporting people in golf. I colloquially refer to these legendary pair as the Giveaway Kings, so tune in to hear how I co-opt them into the M-Log plan to conduct some great giveaways. Quite simply, we want to share some close-to-home stories of your love of golf. No story too big, no story too small. And of course, this week we congratulate the winners of the M-Log Teepster competition and run through the recent results and chat a little bit on the race to the Ryder Cup. So a huge thanks to everyone who participated in this year's Teepster activities and tipping back for more in season 2024. Anyway. So whether you're a regular listener or a new listener of MLog, of course we really appreciate the time you take to listen. What always helps this podcast greatly is if you can rate, review and subscribe to the podcast and that would be an awesome help as we move into this important next phase of the My Love of Golf podcast. So let's get into it. Sit back, relax and enjoy this week's episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. Golf podcast. Uh, two special guests, as I mentioned in the intro. Um, sitting above me on this Zoom call, I've got uh, Dave Poulton, and below me, uh, I've got uh, Phil PK Kethel. I've got the PK shirt on for you tonight, Phil, and I've got the PK picture in the background on the Zoom. If I think we'll put this out as a as a as a YouTube episode, if you want to check out these two fine gentlemen, uh, you can uh, flick across to the My Love of Golf YouTube channel and um, just immerse yourself in an hour's worth of conversation with me and these two fine lads. Uh, gents, uh, Pultz, I'll probably come to you first. Uh, how are you? Thanks for joining this special episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. It's a special episode. Obviously, we're wrapping up the Teepster year. We're wrapping up the Tour Championship. It goes into a little bit of a quiet period before the uh, Ryder Cup excitement happens. But uh, thanks for joining. How are you going up there? Good. Thanks, Roscoe. Thanks for having me. It's a bit like um, a bit like being behind the scenes of your favourite TV show. I'm very excited to uh, see how all, all the magic works. Oh, it's uh, there's not a lot of fairy dust being sprinkled. It's just um, just having a chat. But I do appreciate uh, um, you coming on and um, and helping out, PK. It's good to see you again. We haven't tonight has to be under better circumstances than the last time we got together. The, what was it, six one drubbing of my favourite football team, Melbourne City, where you came down and uh, yeah, chum me right there on the sidelines behind uh, you know my favourite team getting walloped in the grand final. It's good to see you again. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, unlike Pulse, as you know, long time listener, first time you know, co host or appearance. Um, yeah, nothing more awkward than, um, like you said, sitting through that for 90 minutes, especially being Sydney FC you know, supporter, being in row one of the um, Melbourne City active support area. So, row one, there couldn't have been. It couldn't have been a worse place to watch it. I, I think some of the there's a couple of boys at Melbourne City who listen to this. Um, uh, Josh Bondon, who's like the the team manager, team kit uh, manager, and all of the admin of you know the the getting everything ready for the preparation for the guys to get out and play. He he listens a lot, and uh, 
So he won't like me reminding him of that, but it was a it was a hard place to sit that night. Uh, row one, right, right behind the goals where we just got slammed. But it was good to see my young fellow working. And thank you for your support of uh, listening to my young fellow and his commentary. Uh, he had his big moment on the weekend on TV on Channel Ten. Uh, did the young Lockie Flanagan? So it was uh, it was good to hear him. And I'm sure I think you were listening in. So thanks for that, uh, gents. I've got to say a big thanks to both of you because yeah, and that's the reason why I've asked you on to say thank you because you know you've both been absolute. Crackerjack long-term supporters of My Love of Golf and you really do represent what My Love of Golf podcast is all about. Um, it's not about me. It's about the people that listen, the people that engage and the people that really embrace the concept of loving golf. And, you know, you two are cities apart, but, you know, you both know each other through, you know, this great community that we've got here in Australia uh, of golf lovers. Um, I probably met both of you through Pult's your um, trivia back in lockdown and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when Rocket and I came on, you know, PK was sitting there participating. It was a great thing that you did. I've maybe said that before. But you've both been um, immense supporters of um, the podcast, you know, like weekly sharing the episodes, you know, putting some bullet points in your social media posts about the things that you, you liked, learnt, loved or otherwise. Um, and it just means the world to us. Um, and it's the reason why, you know, myself and um, Scott, you know, keep turning up and, you know, before that, Mike and, and Rocket and, and everyone that's been involved. And so I just wanted to say a massive thanks. And I guess as, you know, wrapping up this Teepster season and this tour season, it was no one more appropriate to have on as both of you guys because you've been, you know, great supporters throughout the year. So I just wanted to say um, thank you from from us, Scott and myself, and uh, the guys that I mentioned before uh, for, for coming on. Pultz, I'll go to you first. Why do you listen? Why, why, why do you, you know, you said it's like getting a tour behind your um, favourite TV show. There's not much going yeah. on. There's a screen here and a couple of pictures and a bit of soundproofing and a microphone. What what, 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 what do you like about podcasts? There's a couple of, well, it's not just, I think, I think I got into podcasts during lockdown. Um, Hamish and Andy, you, the Howie Games, and, and I sort of go through it weekly. And I've just got that perfect uh, length commute to work where I can have a podcast on the way and on the way back. Um the thing about your podcast, and I think I've messaged you over the years, it feels like I've played around with golf with you and you're just in the bar afterwards having lunch. It feels like it just feels natural and easy. Um, I started listening way back when it was you interviewing a guest and then along came Rocket and Rocket did Rocket things um, and then Magic Mike jumped in and it just felt natural and it's, very, it's a very easy listen. I've met both of those gents due to listening to your podcast. Um, Rocket, about a month ago, uh, was down in Melbourne watching his bombers. And um, Magic Mike, I met him at the St Andrews Beach Pro-Am, which my mate Jimmy ran. Um, And it's just, I think as golfers, we've got that nature where we can start talking to people and therefore start listening to people pretty easily. And it's been something that I've, um, it's just sort of built into the week that it rolls around on Wednesday or Thursday or whenever it might drop and, I listen pretty quickly. Um, I don't go to the effort of making memes like some. Um, and if you're talking about Teepster, I do need to, uh, I think it's two years in a row where I'm basically the Naga of people that actually tip. There's plenty that don't tip. I, I'm I'm hoping there's a Naga price. You talk about the, the Drummond's voucher last year for whoever won the majors and whoever won overall. There's got to be something for propping up the ladder. I feel like I'm North Melbourne two years in a row. Did you win the last my, week? Did you win the last my, week and get off the bottom? Uh, um, no, <laughs> no. I've got a little man who does it as well, 
and he's uh, increasing his love of golf. And he often asks me, who did you tip? Um, and I sort of try my best to usher him away from what I've gone for. But this week he tipped the same as me. And, um, yeah, and it was a bit frosty come Monday when, uh, when we were nowhere near taking the chocolates. Um, you mentioned your young son there, Tom, who I've also had the yep. pleasure of meeting, you know, and again, supporting not only the podcast, but, you know, through the work that I do with Drum and Golf, you've been very supportive of, of um, Drum and Golf and, and also Drum and Golf Melbourne. But you brought young Tommy into the store and, you know, he's had his little, he goes on the uh, simulators there, which he loves. Um, and, you know, when I saw the name Hippo on the Teepster tipping um, sheet, I thought that it might have been him, but I thought, no. He must be six or seven or eight or somewhere around there. He's surely not going to be playing the tipping game. But you surprised me tonight when you came on and said, yeah, that's him. Yeah, he's tipping. Yeah, that's him. He's just come second in my school footy tips as well and um, and beaten me. So he loves he loves the guessing element of things um, and then following through. So um, guessing on a, on a Tuesday or Wednesday night, who's going to go okay and then come back and check it. He won't, he won't sit there for hours and watch the golf Um but he'll he'll quiz me on on Monday or Tuesday how his pick went and how my pick went. Um, yeah, it's just it's just something that we sort of do together for a bit of connection. And that day that we came into Drummond, Melbourne, um, my old man was there as well. So um, or Tom's been a few times, but we had three generations come to your shop, um, and that's another reason why I love golf and uh, the connections you make with and and being able to spend more time with family as well. It's not a high intensity sport. You can cruise around with a now seven-year-old or a now 70-something-year-old, the old man. So that's great. Um, and people like you, Roscoe, I've called you the godfather of Victorian golf a few times on my Instagram. I think it's godfather. great what you're doing to make sure that people like Phil and I uh, have something to listen to and connect to. Uh, thank you. Um, godfather by age, definitely. I'm certainly the oldest that uh, seem to think that uh, that does this. Um, maybe I'm not sure if Mark Allen – I think Mark Allen and I may be the same age, but uh, – I think Mark Allen's older than me. I'll be corrected wrong, but uh, we're certainly the oldest. Um, Phil, what about you up there in Sydney? You know your your golf journey. You you're the. I see you've got your hat on there for um, uh, what's the what's the society up there called now? The new society that's not only just Sydney but Australia wide, and I th- think, funnily enough, also supported by Drum and Golf. And you're the captain of the Sydney chapter. That's yeah, that's correct. So um, yeah, this is um, Golf Crew Australia. Golf. So. They're like I said, they're based out of out of um, Queensland, and they have got a few different you know, crews in different regions. Um, yeah, I think they've been going uh, like five, six years. Um, yeah, I'm starting up the the Sydney one next year. Um, there's also one over in Perth um, kicking off as well. Um, there's also Adelaide, um, Orange, and, and yeah, like I said, there's the rest of them are up in Queensland um, in you know, Townsville. Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast, um, and yeah, each each chapter um, of the GCA is supported by a um, uh, a drum and golf store. So, um, with Sydney, we've we've linked up with the guys out at Sten uh, at Stanmore. So Craig and the team out there. So looking forward to um, getting over there and, um, like I said, meeting them face to face and just um, like I said, I've got one close to us on the on the northern beaches in on DY already, um, in which. That's what, yeah, yeah, that's the only place I go for my golf stuff. So looking forward to continuing that relationship um, with the guys out at Stanmore. Where do you play your golf uh, up there in Sydney, PK? Um, it's currently 
very infrequent as much like your 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 own sort of golf um i'm just with the the social the local social club through the rsl club um they have games every two weeks but if i play once a month then that's pretty much you know enough for me um i do have you know a ga through uh, a country club um that was just you know for ease and for financial reasons at the at the time um so yeah the other that's the other good thing with the with the golf crew all their um competitions uh run through like the ga handicap so that'll help hopefully bring that down um but we'll wait and see if people want to uh join you at the the golf crew especially if they're in sydney um you know how do they just get hold of the golf crew australia through the socials and stuff like that yeah, so Golf Girl Australia is the um, is the main uh, main page. So they run all the you know, Instagram um, interactions for for all the crews. Um, but like I said, you can also reach out to me directly, you know, PK official. Um, and like I said, we're we're kicking off next year. We're probably only going to have I think about six um, yeah, season events. Um, and then, but most of the most of the other sort of well established crews have. You know, 10, 12 events um, in, in a year. Um, they get together at the um, at the end of each year. Different crews take take the turns to host the um, the club championships. So, with us being the new boys on on deck next year, it'll be um, it'll be at Sydney at the at the coast. So, a bit like again what the you know the DP European tour have like the race to Dubai and um, I guess you can say, you know, PJ tour have race to East Lake. Um, each one of the crews in GCA have you know, a race to a, a final destination. So our one, you know, our inaugural season next year is race to the coast. One of the finest pieces of uh, stretches of golf property in Australia, definitely um, underutilized, underdeveloped. Uh, can I, I can only imagine if some great architects got their hands on that coast, St. Michael's, yeah, the New South Wales is a different story. But they're, they're also they're all joined up, and imagine what that could be. It could be the 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 Cape Cliffs, the um, band and dunes of you know the Southern Hemisphere. If a few people just put their heads together, anyway, that's another story. Yeah. Hey, um, yeah. Dave, you yep. just heard uh, PK say that he and I don't play a lot of golf. I'm spend a lot of time at a golf course and in and around golf, not playing that sort of regular um, Wednesday or Saturday comp. But uh, I think you make up for both of us by ten. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm very excited that the days are getting a little bit longer now. It's just uh, from where I work to where I play. It's it's just getting long enough now that we can sneak in nine holes. Um, I'm lucky enough to play a course that has twenty seven holes and a nine hole par three track, as well as free balls on the range. So we're um, we're noticing that the driving range at the moment is getting very full, um, and. There's lots of little five and six hole layouts that you can use, but now that the sun's uh, stretching the day a little bit longer, we're spending a bit more time out there. I um, I haven't played as much as I'd like lately. Went down to Langather a couple of weeks ago and it did not stop raining all day and four days to uh, dry the clubs out, but I did get a hit on Sunday. Um, should have worn shorts, but didn't, but it's at that time of year where we can get out there a little bit more, which is fantastic. So that's at, out at Easton you're talking about. So that's, that's your home track, yeah, where you're that's, obviously a stalwart member of the Pennant uh, Brigade out there as well. Yeah, Easton's home, which is great. It's had some uh, recently relocated about uh, nine years ago from Doncaster out to Yering. Um, huge piece of property, huge piece of land. 
um, 27 holes plus the nine hole and could easily be more. And um, and it's had some troubles as it's right on the flood floodplain next to the Yarra, similar to uh, Kew, Greenacres, Latrobe, uh, when those three courses flood in, of course, Eastern's going to as well. So there's been troubles over the years, but um, it's been the best winter we've had just gone and it's it's actually looking pretty good considering it's uh late august at the moment so we're really looking forward to spring and longer days and getting out there as much as possible oh we'll have to come out and have a hit out there i was out there for the survivor golf uh this year and just blown away by that view you're looking from the clubhouse back through the valley there it's just amazing flew the drone around as you've seen i sent you some photos and uh so but i haven't played so it looks so um, good who designed that course is that a great greg, greg Norman? that was greg, Norman, greg Norman, yeah, yeah. Greg and his team, yep. yeah, yeah. Um, yep. And pennant, pennant practice. On what I, what we know is, uh, it doesn't take too long for pennant practice to come back around, which you you love yeah. that stuff, you know, like yeah. The, the, I like I like representing the club. When does that start? I, October, November? Does it? Um, oh, we're a bit slack oh, right. with the with the practice. Um, and this season just gone showed that, but it's it's almost time again where the group chats will start up and um. And just teeing it up with the boys a little bit. Um, we weren't overly successful last season; got relegated from Div Three back to Div Four. So, uh, hoping for a, a bit more success in twenty twenty four. And all the courses nearby this this year are coming up. So there's um, there's Heritage, Gardner's Run. Uh, so I think the furthest that we've got to travel is Ainsbury. But if you take that out of it, it's Box Hill is probably the closest. So we're looking forward to a lot of. Uh, close courses but yeah i think most courses start something around october november so it won't be too far away hey um let's talk about uh the rundown of last week's golf and uh i think there's another tournament in europe this week uh in the dp world to the european masters but firstly let's just wrap up that last year's teeps this season uh culminated in the tour championship but east lake last weekend we all know by now victor hovland dominated um we all know by now that I had Victor Hovland available and may have selected him, may have unselected him and duly cost myself. Surely, surely you kept him. Surely. I No, I didn't. I was huh? too too clever by half. Um, I had seven of the top 10 available to choose from. So my, my choice was, a, it was a hard choice, right? You know, choosing one out of the seven of the top 10 players in the list available. Um, of course I went with Matt Fitzpatrick. Of course. That was only a just natural second selection, wasn't it? I thought, I thought that I was just too clever that Victor Hovland wouldn't go back-to-back and just clean sweep the thing. Uh, and Matt's fit, Matt Fitzpatrick, who didn't play too bad the week before, would um, do nothing. And that's exactly what happened. So, um, yeah, Victor Hovland. He still got a top 10 for you. He did, yes. He t- T9. Um, he got a top 10. But it, had I picked Victor Hovland, I would have beat the ultimate winners. And that's not to take anything away from the ultimate winners, who, of course, was... Uh, David Blake, Blakey, golfers and attitude, uh, golf rules questions, and second place, um, a re- my more recent guest, Dan Maudsley. Uh, he was very keen to get the first position, um, but I think it just came down to who they had available uh, at the end of it. There, no one had seven of the top ten FedEx Cup list to choose other than me. What a strategy! What a fail! Mm. An embarrassment of riches that you've got there. I see uh, Matt Fitzpatrick got you 542000 for that one, Roscoe, and a fair few others also had Matt Fitzpatrick and uh, and Max Homer, which also got the same amount of money for you. But there were four people. Four people had Victor available and picked him and stuck with him. Yes, Ross. got their 3.6 <laughs> million. So if you, if, you, if you look at my total of 18 point, 
3.79 million. Deduct 500,000, add 3.6, uh, mm. and factoring in that uh, the other two. Anyway, um, congratulations, Blakey, and congratulations, uh, Golfing Tadus, and thank you for everyone who did play. Back to the tournament. Um, thoughts on how Victor sounded that out? You know, it was it was a dominant, dominant performance. Um, he's in f- unbelievable form, especially you know, coming into that Ryder Cup season. What uh, PK, what did you take away from uh, last week's? Tour Championship finale? Um, look, it was just a clinic in in all facets of the you know, of his game. Like, yes, we knew that he, he played well at the BMW the week before. Um, and a lot of people were expecting Scotty just to run away with it, especially given that he he had the head start. Um, but looking back at, yeah, like I said, I watched the highlights um, after each round. The thing for me was his putting. Like the the texture on his on his ball, it was rolling end over end on every single part. Mm. There was and there was yeah, one just, millimeter of wobble, was there? No, no. So maybe that's why he's you know won eighteen million in the last two weeks, and yeah, I'm sitting in my garage <laughs> <laughs> talking with you, gents. But I'm not the Oh, oh, he's frozen. Yeah, we've just lost uh, we've just lost PK there for a second, but he, he, he it's a bad thing. Um, but yeah. We just lost you there for a second, PK. Um, you know, you were ba- basically saying that we're all sitting in our oh, garage. Oh, yeah, I wasn't sure if it was. Good, yeah. We're not very good golfers, which is pretty obvious. Um, we, we, we lost you after that, but I get the gist was that uh, yeah. Hovland is a great player. Shoffley second, uh, Wyndham Clark uh, third, Rory, Patrick Cantlay, Colin Morikawa, Tommy Fleetwood, and uh, Scotty Scheffler, who um, started the week. Mm. On uh, minus ten, um, just finished at minus eleven. Not a, not a great way to round out his season. Pultz, you had some notes on on. Uh, yeah, Sheffield's well, for me, game. what was surprising? Well, not surprising. Just a, an amazing thing was Xander shot sixty two on Sunday and and made up a shot. So you're right, Phil. Victor put on a clinic. For me, the big thing that's improved over the last eighteen months or two years is chipping and pitching. It used to be an automatic bogey at least when he'd miss a green, but he looks so comfortable now that if he misses a green, he's got a range of shots that he can trust and go back to. And I think he's putting with more confidence because he's chipping closer and his approach shots are closer as well. But Scotty Scheffler, um, 30 blokes in the field, he was number 30 in putting. Um, and for the number one player in the world to shoot one under in the week, it's just not what you expect. Started 10 under just like he did last year. Last year he shot three over in the final round and, and Rory ran him down. Um, but such a phenomenal player, Tita Green. He's got to sort that putter out. He's putting like someone who's scared of what could go wrong instead of giving himself a chance of what might go right. Um, we're not forgetting that between like November and July, this guy didn't finish outside the top 12, mm. but he's only had two wins for the season. Um, Victor's now had three and Victor just got hot at the right, right time of year. I just, there's something with Scotty between his ears. Uh, Rory had it a while ago, I think, where he didn't trust his putter. It's it can't be a good sign that you're changing your part of the week of the tour championship. There's, there's some demons there for him to hit more greens than anyone else in the year and be about, I think I saw at one stage, he was knocking on the door of top five percentage of greens and regulation for the season. There's something going on with, with uh, Scotty's putting. Um, he just doesn't trust himself. He's certainly given himself enough looks and hitting it close enough, but there's something there that doesn't, allow him to pull the trigger or trust his stroke or whatever it might be um, and compare that with the line on, on Victor's ball or if you look at Cam Smith when he putts, 
Uh, very different, isn't it? Oh, yeah, well, um, sorry, go on. Vic, sorry. Um, yeah, like Victor, he, he topped the field or was it was tied for first in six of the, you know, the, the stats categories mm. from, from the weekend. And one of them was like strokes gains total, and he, he gained 14 shots on the field. So, like you said, it's just in putting alone on Sunday, I think Scotty lost over three shots and Victor was close to four shots. So it was about seven shots on the green alone on Sunday that Victor gained over Scotty Scheffler. And you can't be you can't be winning tournaments if you're giving away seven shots just with a flat stick on one day. Definitely not. Yeah. Definitely not. Uh, any other things to take out of um, that? You know, we've got a few permutations for Ryder Cup selections. You know, um, this chat around Justin Thomas seems to you know, grow more legs at depending on which way you sort of read. It looks like he's he's going to be picked. Um, would you pick him, Ross? No, I've said that. I've said that last mm. week. Um, I would go against what Jeff Ogilvie has said, who you know has got a lot of coverage for saying that it, the American team would be mad not to pick him. He's one of the best you know head-to-head match players um, that the game's ever seen. So be it. I still. What about the um the Instagram post by Brooks's misses? with him in the, um, I think it was a USA shirt or something, eating a slice of pizza. Did you take anything from that saying that, you know, basically book your, book your plane ticket? So I saw the picture. I didn't read the con, but it was about Brooks, right? Yeah. 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 If Brooks is in. Like Brooks is in. You have to take Brooks. I'd agree with that. You have to take Brooks. Yep. Major winner, I think second. He won the PGA. I think he was second in the Masters mm. with Phil for memory. Mm. Um, he's a big time player. And he's shown it in the past. I know JT has too, but he's um he's not hitting it where he's aiming, which is a pretty crucial part of being able to get the ball around, isn't it? I yeah. get, I I get that it must be a very hard decision. Um, and part of me thinks that he that he might just get picked. You know, like if I was picking him, I'd be picking picking on form. But mm. you know, they've got a couple of weeks off. You know, do do you do you have a little sneaky closed session, you know, a couple of head-to-head matches. We talked about you and your pennant squad up there. You know, there's no free rides in pennant. Um, you know, the days of, you know, mates getting picked over mates, you know, the, the, the best pennant players in Melbourne have to earn their spot in their team. And, you know, their stroke players is a factor of that. If they're not playing well in the club stroke play competitions and they're expected to play like I know at the at the metros the Kingston Heaths you know if the guys don't turn up for the, the stroke play and don't demonstrate their performance there then they get excluded or discounted and then of course they have to turn up for the head-to-head practice matches there's um do they have to have a few head-to-heads doesn't JT need to prove it and like I don't know that sounds I'll a just bit, a bit silly but you know what I mean you know what I'm saying like he's he's got to prove it to yeah me. The automatic qualifiers that they've got at the moment are Scheffler, Wyndham Clark, Brian Harmon, Cantlay, Max Homer, and Xander. Mm. Uh, Kepka was in until very recently. So yep. blokes that you've got above JT on the points are Kepka, Spieth, Cam Young, Morikawa, Keegan Bradley, Sam Burns, Ricky Fowler, who's had a win this year, Denny McCarthy are all ahead of him. Now, I don't think Denny McCarthy will necessarily get there, but the other blokes who could amount of case for behind him in 16th place for the US points is Lucas Glover. You've seen what he's been able to do in the last month or so. I'd probably be inclined to pick Glover ahead of Thomas on on form at least. Um, yeah. I think showing I think, a bit more, isn't he? I think that's what the golfing world's getting their head around the, the potential mm. of that 
might be the case or, you know, Keegan Bradley, you know, uh, over a JT. Um, it's going to be... Well, they, made the, they made the tough call with Phil who'd never missed a President's Cup. So it'll be interesting to see what they do here yeah. with JT. Um, I know he's been successful and, and done very well in the past, but he's just just um, out of form, similar to what Spieth was not that long ago, who was able to turn around. PK, you got some thoughts there? Uh, yeah. They're, to, to put it to a, you know, a football analogy as well, it's... It's like they're they're relying on the chemistry. So, you know, he can be having a, a rubbish, you know, month, week, however long, like six months, like he, like he's been. But the common denominator is that people will say, "Oh, look, he teams up so well with Spieth, and if Ricky's, you know, if Ricky gets a a, a spot, then it's going to be like spring break. You know, it'll be Fowler, Spieth, and JT. It'll be the crew. Now, whether or not you want to just put him, you know, basically." For the the four ball of the foursomes, and you know, just basically accept a, maybe a, a loss on the um, on the on the singles. It, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but yeah, you've it's, got, it's a, tough. You've got 156 give or take on the average event. I know that the last month or so has been a much smaller field, so you can flip through the cracks a little bit. In the yeah. fishbowl of a Ryder Cup, you can't hide, and you can't afford to take someone in who's when there's 12 blokes, so you can't afford to take someone in, I think, who's um, underperforming. Look, I'd love I'd love it if if they proved us wrong and they picked him in and went all right for his sake, but I just think it's it's too much to pick someone who's so far off his best. Um, he's obviously got a better chance if they don't pick the live guys, but again, Kepka, how can you leave him out? Yeah. It's going to be... Well, people... Sorry, sorry yeah. There you go. I was just going to say, um, like people are saying in comparison to JT, they're saying, look, you know, Bryson did, what do you say, 100, 116 shots over two rounds and compared to JT's last tournament and he, in two rounds, he, he had 160 shots. Yeah. Guess it doesn't matter in match play if you're going to have an eight on a hole, really, does it? You lose the hole regardless. But um, I'd, be, I'd be agreeing with you, Ross. I wouldn't be picking him if I was uh, Zach. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out. On the European side, we had the D&D Real Czech Masters last week. It was won by um, Todd Clements. Now, Todd Clements is not a golfer that I uh, knew a lot about, know a lot about. I didn't get to see uh, Todd's minus nine, uh, nine under final round to clinch it by one over um, Mad Matt Wallace. Matt Wallace. Good last round, isn't it? It was a great last round. So I didn't get to see it. I, it was a bit late for me by the time it all got done and I was sort of more flicking over to the Asian tour. I was trying to get a sneak peek of um, Blakey. You know, he was messaging me, you know, I've, I've, I've got you tomorrow uh, morning when you wake up, I'm going to be the winner of the tape, so you've got no chance. And uh, <laughs> which, he, he, of course, that was a, he knew, already knew. Um, so I watched a little bit more of that Asian tour and I missed Todd Clements. But, uh, you know, I guess back to that Ryder Cup, theme you know you can really see the, the players there to that are vying for some of those spots you know Matt Wallace Holy Guard um I think McIntyre's already done and dusted um and a strong finish for him doesn't hurt either yeah exactly uh, um, no it. Ludwig you know I'm, I'm still a Ludwig fan uh if Ludwig doesn't get he won't get I don't think he'll get picked but you'd put him you know you'd bring him along you'd put him on the plane and put him in a uniform and Give him a, an assistant, assistant, assistant captain's role, or something like that, wouldn't you? To just get him around the environment of being in. And if uh, you're looking, 
if you're looking for him to take part in uh, future Ryder Cup events, it's probably not a bad call. So just look at uh, the European team. You're going to have, obviously, Tyrrell, Rory, John Rahm, and Victor Hovland. Mm-hmm. Um, do you like the way they select the team, having points and then captain selections, or would you prefer top 12 on points? What's your preference there? I'd prefer a bit more structure. You know, like they've got the European, the world points, the European points, and it's a I, I just like a little more a simple a simplified approach. I don't know if that is an answer, but um, you know, I just want it simple. What about you, PK? What would you What would you do? Yeah, look, the basically again something similar to what the what the US team use in terms of like I think theirs is on their money that they earn. Um, but yeah, like I said, just have one list. You know, top six off this list between point A to point B. Yeah, then you're in. Because otherwise you'll have, you know, you could have the guys that are on, you know, guaranteed top three in the in one list. Then, you know, do they not turn up to certain events if they're not going to, if they don't need the points? Um, yeah, I like I said, keep it simple. One list makes it easy for, you know, the Joe, Joe Blow to, um, to follow and know you know, who's in and who's out. So is Bobby mm-hmm. Mack in? He's obviously one of our favourites. He is now. Yep, he is he's now. right at number three, your favourite. So it's Rory's the uh, highest point scorer. And then John Rahm, Big Shot Bob, Victor, Cyril and Tommy are the okay. six that are in at the moment. And then there's six more captain's picks. So they've got the same system on the bubble. Uh, Moronk, Matt Fitzpatrick, I reckon Fitzpatrick will get in, Sepp Strucker. Uh, are all nearby and they're probably going to get the nod, I think, those three. Yannick Paul, is he... Yeah, he's he's the at the moment he is right up there. I think I saw. And is Victor Perez another one that's sort of around? Victor the... Perez is there. Hoygaard. Yeah. Um, Lowry's got to be in the conversation. Mm. Um, to go to Alex Noron. Yeah, there's a few options there, but um, I'm looking forward to it. Ryder Cup for me is a special week. Yeah, and it's mm. good to see. Um, yeah, Victor playing so well. You know, he'll. He, Hopefully he can keep that form. Obviously, you know, I'll declare my uh, European allegiance um, again this year. I've always declared it every year, but uh, every the Ryder Cup's been on. I'm a Europe Europe fan. But um, what a surprise! Yeah, exactly right. I say, like, oh, big shot, Bob. You know, like uh, go, Bobby. Uh, anyway, can we see any any Italians being picked for the home crowd favorite? Who? No, well, that's a, like. You know. Guido is the highest rank that they've got here, but he's world analyst. Yeah. So I'm not sure that they will be. Um, Migliotti, yeah, Paratore, and um, you know, there's only one other that really is um, Zanotti has shown any, any sort of level of form. I think Zanotti was up there for uh, a wee bit on the leaderboard over the weekend, but I can't remember exactly where he finished. Um, Fran- mm. Francesco, you know, Eduardo. Eduardo Molinari finished T11. Old Dodo. I heard that he, uh, I think it was him that uh, got tapped on the shoulder by Victor as the stats guru oh. to uh, analyse his game a little bit and to see how he goes. And they figured out that Victor was basically being too aggressive and shooting at pins. So um, Victor been a bit of the, uh, sorry, Victor, uh, Molinari been a bit of the stats guru has helped Victor out on some course management, which has obviously paid off for him when he's earning... 18 million US in uh, in a fortnight. It's going all right for him. The thing I like about Eduardo Molinari is that again he's you know shown this ability to bounce back from a pretty ordinary time. 
Um, and it was an extended period of time when he wasn't playing that well, putting terribly and all that sort of thing. And, you know, he's popped up at T11 in the D&D Czech Masters. Okay, he's he's shown this year that he's still got some golf in his game. And um, I, lo- I love those stories. You know, he's been around. He's been he's almost like one of the senior veterans of the, the uh, DP World Tour now. Of course, you know, he's still got his brother playing there. Mm. Oh, what, what a way to... What a way to play your golf, you know. You and your brother turning up uh, to tournaments and, um, you know, helping out a few of the younger guys, turning up to a right. Did they win a World Cup years and years ago, the brothers? Oh, I probably did. I, can't, I don't sure know. They did. I don't know. It's a guess. Um, Speaking of comebacks, would you pick Ricky in think, your team? Yeah, I would. Yeah. I yeah, think, it was good to see him get a win. I think it was a rocket, rocket mortgage earlier in the year. Um, good to see him back. Speaking of comebacks. The, the one there, you know, because he's also had a win fairly recently is back to the US for obviously for a second is Keegan. Mm. Yeah, he's, I think he's playing. Yeah, well, if they had the top 12 on points, he'd be there. Yeah. Yep. So yep. He'd be right on the edge, I think. It's going to be interesting to see how they all pan out. Mm. Uh, the Obviously, the US tour has a, a week off now. got the Canadian tour event uh, this weekend. I don't know anything about that, so haven't been following the Canadian tour, so... Can't really offer any discussion around that, but the European Tour continues um, in their season. The Amiga European Masters at Cran Sur Sierre. This is one that I think I like staying up for and watching because it's a little bit for me like the golf version of the Tour de France. And I'm not a clearly not a bike rider. I did have a little bit of a bike ride uh, back in the day in my Sydney years, um, PK. And when we were at Parramatta Park the other week, I did used to go and do the. 3.2k lap eight times before work uh, in Sydney a long time ago. That was as close as I got to calling myself a bike rider. Um, but I remember being fatu- infatuated by the Tour de France, obviously through the, the, the French Alps and sometimes it juts into the Swiss Alps a little bit just for the scenery. And and this is a little bit like that for me. I think the course is okay. It's got some quirk about it. I think Seve's had a go at designing, you know, changing it and, I'm not sure that there's anything really standout about it, but it's just an amazing venue. And I think it's one that all the players who play love going to. Um, yeah, it's one that I enjoy watching, but but more so for the scenery. I'm not sure if you guys remember much about Cran Sur-Sierre. Is this where the um, the ladies, like the European ladies, have their, their major? Or is that, am I thinking of something different? No, that's Evian. Are you thinking about uh, Evian? Yeah. Yeah, that's so that's no, that's not the same place. It's not, not the same place. Not, okay. not too far away, but it's on the other French Alps in the uh, Evian side, but it also equally uh, picturesque. But this is like a, you know, summer it's a golf course and winter it's a ski field. Yeah, ski lodge near, uh, right next to the tee, there's a few. Um, yeah, you can see the gondolas for the tee bars yeah. and, you know, the, 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 the chairs and, and whatever. Um, yeah, so it's uh, what are we, who we got this week? We've got one Aussie in the t- in the field. One Aussie. Do you want to have a guess at who the one Aussie is in uh, the field? Um, I have a feeling you might know him, Ross. I might know him well. I won't know, say I know him well, but he <laughs> he is a former pro pro am partner. But he's not having the he's not having the greatest time on tour at the moment. It's uh, Blake Windred, the big Novakastrian. Blake Windred is um, the only Aussie in the field, I believe. Uh, Jason Scrivener. Uh, has dropped out and Blake Winder was the first reserve. He gets elevated. So, but uh, yeah, it's un- unusual for it to only just have the one Aussie in a mm. European uh, tour event. 
But um, I think there's a few of them over at the Corn Ferry. Um, uh, court, yeah, final stage. Is it stage? The one? final stage. Is it stage one or I think it's stage one or something like that? It's yeah, it must be pretty close because I saw Dimmy um, Papadatus was was on the range on on Instagram leading up to it. So they've got. I think it might be next week. The stage one. I I, I don't know, but I what I do know is, uh, young Harvey Young, who's a member at PK. Uh, he's playing in the DP World um, Stage 1 qualifying here in Australia. This kicked off uh, today down at Rosebud, just down the road. He mentioned to me last week when I bumped into him that he was going to the Corn Ferry Stage 1. So it must be it must be the week after. Okay. Um, I guess we've got in back to the Crensocier, we've got Matt Fitzpatrick playing, um, got Danny Willett playing, major both major champions. Um, Alex Fitzpatrick is playing. Daniel Hillier from New Zealand. Uh, the Hoy guards are in. So there's still, you know, a bit of that whole, you know, we've got to play this week and perform this whole mm. Ryder Cup scenario. Moronk, um, another, you know, another one of the uh, podcast um, pro-am partners, George. George, as I like to refer to him, otherwise known as Jorge, Jorge Campillo. Um, he's playing. Yannick Paul's in. Uh, Guido Maglotti. I'll go Moronk for the win on that one, I think, for no reason whatsoever except he's a podcast favourite. Okay. He is a podcast favourite. I was going to say Fitzpatrick, but now that the Ronk is in after he's um, formed Australia and he often gets a mention, he'll do. Okay. I'm not sure. I I like Moronk. I'm a big fan. But uh, I think that the course demands a little bit more placement off the tee yeah rather than the bombing gouge it's more fairways scrambling and um you know a bit of a putt fest there it's obviously at altitude the ball travels an exceptionally long way uh, there's a couple of drivable par fours you know with like three woods and three hybrids uh, on this course i think it sets up well for a fitzpatrick also got uh daniel hillier in the field the kiwi from over the dutch yep he's uh he's having a hit um, yeah, but only one Aussie. Bobby. Yeah, maybe uh, Miguel Angel can get us another hole in one and do his little dance as well. That'd be nice. We've got two, uh, the two um, champions, uh, champions tour or seniors tour uh, players uh, playing. Padraig, I think Padraig could. I'd love to see Padraig. I don't think I would love to see Padraig go well. Again, you know, talking about Ryder Cup, he's not going to get picked for the Ryder Cup. But in terms of form you know both in the mm. senior and playing on tour he's played pretty well this year he's had a good year a couple of runners up in um in two of the senior major championships one in, in the u.s uh, and the british um uh, men's senior open uh, the other week he's playing really well um i'd love to see Patrick mm. just play well and just just keep nibbling away i'm not sure if he's part of the Ryder cup team as an assistant or anything like that but uh i i do like i do like patrick uh, and i've mentioned that before um, PK, you got a tip? Oh, no, there we go. There's another uh, podcast uh, Pro-Am partner playing. We've got two – that's three podcast Pro-Am partners in the one event. It might be an all-time high. Um, David Howe. David Howe is also playing. Good luck to you, David. Fair enough. Good luck to you, David. Um, I'll go with Yannick Paul. Okay. 
I probably, I probably said Matt Fitzpatrick, it sets up well for him. I'll give him another go after him uh, not not getting the job done for me last week. Uh, I'll go with Matt Fitzpatrick, but I'll be looking for something special from Patrick and Ludwig. I'm still on the Ludwig train. So uh, hopefully Ludwig uh, Aberg can, uh, can do something well. And just, again, keep nibbling away at the I'm here if you need me. It'd be a great time for him to get a win with what's coming up at the end of next month, wouldn't it? Correct. Yep. Okay. Uh, we talked about Brooke Henderson last week in um, the uh, CPKG, uh, the CP Women's Open in Canada. Uh, Brooke Henderson didn't play her best. She probably, she, I don't think she made the cut. But we had Hannah Green in T4. Megan Kang, uh, American, uh, won that event. Jin Young Ko. Uh, finished second and um, running Yin finished third. But Hannah Green playing pretty well. Uh, the women moved to the Portland Classic this week. I, I don't know much about the Portland Classic. Uh, I know we've got a few Australians. We've got Suo who um, made it in through her re-ranking or ranking wherever she sits. Hannah Green, um, Karis Davison, Grace Kim, Steph Kiriakou. Uh, I'm not sure who I like here. I, I'm, I'm going to pick Furuwe. Ayaka Furaway. You, you guys want to have a have a pick? I see Nelly Corder is equal second favourite. Um, I think she's always going to be in the conversation. Uh, Brooke Henderson's a bit further down the line. I'll go. Um, I'll go for Charlie Hull at twenty one dollars. Okay, good value for no reason again. My uh, uh you've probably seen why I'm down the lower end of Teepster. No, I like I like the strategy. I like the strategy. It can finish you down down low one year and up high the next year. I've just proved I'm, I'm playing for draft picks, like, much like my footy team. I've just proved be better off next year. There are some past champions in in the field: Andrea Lee, Georgia Hall, Hannah Green, as we mentioned, uh, Marina Alex, Stacey Lewis, Brooke Henderson is in, um, and we've got I think there's 13 winners um, on the 2023 winners uh, in the field. So it's a strong field. Kupuz, Alison Kupuz is in the field. Lynn Grant is in the field. Hannah Green, I've mentioned that. Uh, Lilia Vu is in the field. Ronning Yin's in the field, obviously. So there's plenty of winners, you know, playing. And um, quite a few rookies in, in the field, which is great. Uh, Alexa Pano is a rookie and uh, won the other week in uh, Europe, last week in Europe. Um, good to see her playing again. Um, be looking for big things from Alexa Pano. See Lexi Thompson in there as well. Well down, well down on in the uh, in the order. Um, what's happened to her golf lately? Any ideas? I don't don't know. I don't know. I just don't think she's obviously been playing that well. But um, playing like us. Well, I think she's playing better than us. But uh, no, I just don't think she's had a great time of it on on course. And um, maybe send her a DM and see if she's available for the um, Eastern Pennants. <laughs> Might have to. Yeah, she might get a game. Uh, an impressive golfer. I remember watching her for maybe three or four holes at the Solheim Cup on the final day in the singles at um, Glen Eagles. And goodness gracious, you know, a very, very strong golfer. It was it was so spectacular to see um, all the women at that event. It was a great event. But um, to see, you know, at that time she was a, a huge name in the game and, you know, notably one of the strongest and longest in the women's game, it was it was great to see, um, to perform. Uh, okay, what else, gents? We've 
probably oh the Asian tour we had the Asian tour last week run by Eugenio Chikara, um, expertly refereed by uh, David Blake, and we had two Aussies in uh, second and third. Matt Jones after a monumental was it a ten, ten, hole? ten hole playoff. Ten hole playoff. That must be one of the <laughs> hardest things to put away a ten hole playoff. I don't know if it... I have a feeling he was in another long playoff at some stage, a seven hole playoff somewhere. But to lose it after ten holes, that's um. Uh, light has to be an issue. You you must be fatigued. It's I can't imagine the concentration you must have for an extra couple of hours of golf. Again, the spotlight just on you and oh, not many others. Again, I couldn't stay up that late to watch it. It was I was watching a good chunk of it, and um, and he was going along nicely. And I, I don't know Eugenio Chikara's uh, final scorecard. He was sort of there or thereabouts and sort of loitering. Um, but, um, yeah, to have a 10-hole playoff, I, you, you just couldn't imagine it. But uh, it was a, it provided them a bit of a test. You know, 19-under was the winning, winning score. But uh, it, it wasn't easy on them that course. That's St Andrews-Fairmont course. And I think I called it last week a, a modern links. And most of the commentators sort of referred to it as, you know, not a classic links, but still links-ish in terms of the weather and the conditions and, you know, that it's – Maybe not as firm as the Lynx, but sort of had that Lynx feel. And I, I've not played it, but I, I wouldn't mind going and having a look at it one day. Um, Wade Ormsby, it was good to see another podcast um, pro-am partner finish uh, in T8. And he didn't make any ground on the Asian Tour Order of Merit leader, Andy Ogletree, but he's certainly at the pointy end is um, Wade Ormsby in that Asian Tour uh, Order of Merit. Now, gents, now. I want to have a giveaway and I want to do a series of giveaways on the podcast. It's all part of this, you know, giving back. I've been very, very lucky in in my time in the golf industry. Um, I want to try and give a few things away. I've got a couple of things here that I can give away and and you guys are the giveaway kings. Why why is it that I refer to you both as the giveaway kings? Uh, Pultz, I'll go to you first, you know. What is it about a giveaway that you seem to be able to get? How many giveaways have you won? Oh, I don't know. No, too many. Too many. I, I actually won one recently. I didn't even realise I was in it. Oh, jeez. And I checked back through the criteria and I'm pretty sure I haven't done that. But um, I'm not sure. If it's just liking or commenting or letting someone else know about it, then I'm all, I'm all keen to do that. I've, I've done okay over the years, like you've alluded to. Um, got a golf bag out of it, a pair of shoes and enough uh, enough golf balls to keep me busy for a while but um some of my favorite Aussie brands are, are keen to spread spread their um goodwill by doing good giveaways as well so I'm always keen to jump on and support some brands if possible by letting others know how amazing they they are there's so many good brands doing doing wonderful things that you might not have heard of so looking forward to hearing what you've got Roscoe well, just talk about you and your support of these other um, smaller brands, and you know they're not the traditional brands. You, know, you can't come into a drum and golf store and find a lot of these brands, and mm-hmm. and they're they're startups, and yeah, you know, and they've all got a great concept. But you do a do a wonderful job of supporting them, um, you know, through you know your followers that you've amassed on online and socially, um, so on and so forth. Who are who are some of the favourite brands that you sort of like to look towards Ooh. here in Australia? Yeah. Some that you might have heard of, um, Clutch & Co mm-hmm. with uh, with uh, Dom & Hugh are going great guns and I've got a few of their shirts and they're just comfortable. Um, 
a lot of people say that uh, the price point is a bit cheaper than than the big brands, but to me, it's how comfortable and easy to wear they are. Uh, five yard fade um, with Rod and a few of his mates. Um, great with hats, um, especially. There's a few other things like that you would have heard of. Caddy snacks are amazing. Big dog golf, they're the best, the highest quality wool covers um, that I know of. Uh, Gray and Harst is a new Aussie company, so I like seeing basically Aussie people having to go. Yeah. Is um is something that I like. So instead of going to um, the brands that everyone's heard of, I like finding something a little bit uh, left of center and seeing seeing what they can uh, what they can offer. Um, Aussie Aussie brands are great. Um, I will go to an Aussie shop personally before I go and look at one of the big brands that are offshore. PK, what about you? What's your strategy with your winning ways on the uh, giveaways? Um, well, yeah, like I said, I was introduced from uh, to the, the giveaways from, from Pultz. Um, and it just comes back to, you know, just being part of a, a golf community. So whether it's, you know, like I said, you have some people who just tag anyone and everyone. Um, I am part of a, you know, I guess you can say you um, like a group chat on Instagram um, where yeah we'll tag each other um, yeah they're all over the states or Canada so again some of those are you know restricted ones so if we see you know say for example if I see it on a on a page then I'll tag them or put it in the group chat and say look you know this is USA only um, but yeah like I said it's just a just a most of the times it's like Port says it's a startup so it's helping them to get traction get their name out there um and if it means that you know like i said i can get a, a hat or some balls or ball marker or just yeah even something like stickers uh, uh you know, a welcome addition um yeah like i said I'm, I'm more than happy to to get involved and um and like i said spread the word that way well i'm going to give away something because i want to you know hear from some of the listeners out there and hopefully we can get some new listeners um, and you guys can help maybe uh, share some of those, share it with your listeners um, or followers. I want to hear more stories about the love of golf. You know, this podcast, as I alluded to at the start, is called The My Love of Golf, but it's certainly not about me and my love of golf. But I'm far more interested in hearing about your stories uh, and why you love golf and, and how you get involved in things like this and how you help other people and other brands and all of those really nice things. And you know, what I do know about this great game and all the people around it, and certainly I get to see more than your fair share of people that are in and around it through the benefit of what I do. You know, I, I spend most of my working days talking to people about golf, how they can get better at golf, how I can help them with clubs or not help them with clubs, you know, like, um, you know, setting up someone's bag. And, you know, today I set up someone's bag for them and I actually – they ended up taking less clubs because we agreed that this is a better strategy for them. So anyway, things like things like that, helping golf and understand people why they want to be golf, play golf and be around golf, I love it. There are a heap of stories, you know, a heap of good people, heap of great experiences, a uh, heap of interesting and funny stories. It doesn't matter what level of breadth of story. I want to hear about them and we want to share some of those stories. And I'm going to ask you two guys to help me share those stories along the way. So I might invite you back sporadically and you might become part of a judging panel to help pick these stories so you're going to help you know with this giveaway part of this and i've got to give away 
it's a big brand, so it's not a small brand, Pilts, but it's actually it's a quality brand and one that I'm very fond of because, you know, we talk about these um, pro-am partners that I've had and amassed and I've been very, very blessed and very lucky. Well, it's only I couldn't have, you know, those stories and have those great experiences without the support of um, Bushnell. They've been a very good supporter of mine personally here at the podcast and letting me make those connections with those people and, and get some great insights for we're going to give away a Bushnell Tour V6 and it won't be the last Bushnell product we give away. So when we have an announced this giveaway, I'm announcing there is going to be a giveaway. I'm announcing that it's going to be, you know, the best story of this run of stories that people want to share with us. You'll be able to access that on our social. So you'll see the link, the social post come out. It won't be part of this social post, but you'll see the social post come out. There'll be a link there. All you need to do is go and fill in the form, tell us your story, Tell us a little bit about yourself and then we're going to do, recount some of those stories and maybe the best story might even join us on the podcast and you two gents here, the Giveaway Kings of Australia, can help be part of this, sharing this love of golf uh, from some of these great stories. As I say, they don't have to be, you, you, you don't have to have played with someone or done anything, it can be any story, but we're going to choose a great story and the first giveaway we're going to have is this Tour V6 uh, Bushnell Laser Rangefinder, which I'm pretty sure that... Um, Pretty good giveaway price. Would you, did you agree? Absolutely. Got slope and vibrate and everything, doesn't it? Uh, not this one. This is the Tour V6. It's not the Tour V6 shift. It's just uh, oh, okay. it's just the Tour V6. We, we, we might end up, if, if uh, the good people at Bushnell um, you know, like what we do, we, we might end up with a, um, a Tour V6 shift. Who knows? But there we go. There it is right there. It's, right. Yeah. It's definitely a, um, a fantastic way to, to start the, um, the giveaways. Brand new so quite simply, they've got to say why they love golf or a story about something from golf that's struck a chord with them. When the post comes out with the link for, on the um, to fill in the form, it'll just be tell us your story about golf. It'll all be very self-descriptive um, there. You know, just follow the bouncing ball. Tell us why you love golf. We'll assess. We'll read that, some of those stories and we'll pick a winner out of that round and um, and then we'll help share your story and um, whether you want to come on the podcast or not, that's that's up to you. That doesn't really matter. But we'll just have this great little story and we'll pick a winner or we'll give away a bushnell. Spread the love of golf. Sounds great. I reckon that, that'll that'll get us off to a start with um, you know, sharing other people's love of golf. I think that'll, that'll go all right. Absolutely. Definitely, definitely. Uh, I love the fact that we've got this connection. You know, we can go to a game of soccer in – in Sydney and catch up, you know, we can go out to Eastern or come down to PK. Remember that day we played golf at PK? It was like smoky when the fires were smoky. Yeah. PK, you might have to come down and play PK. When are you, when are you coming to Melbourne? Is there any plans to come to Melbourne? Well, I would, yeah, I would definitely like to, I must admit it's been on the you know, to-do list for a number of years now. Um, but yeah, for me, the, there's a photo that I need. It's me wearing a, you know, a PK hat. So it'd be PK wearing a PK hat about to go play at PK. So you'd buy the it, whole it, pro shop, I reckon. It's, 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 it's got to happen. It's got to happen. So you made a PK hat like that one there. That's it. Yes. What color, oh. what color do you like? What color? What's your favorite color? I'm, I'm open to anything. Okay. That's a harder middle of the end color. That's, I was, I knew that would be yeah, a special connection for you. Beautiful. Just on that, Roscoe, what's your favourite hole at PK? Okay. Uh, favourite hole at PK is, that's a good question, north or south? Can we, can we north? We'll Let's do go one. north. North. It is the 14th par three. You know the one? Is that is that the best to, is that your favourite to play or to photograph? 
I think the stats would show that it's not my favourite to play. Uh, I find it a tough hole. I've always found it a tough hole to par. It was one of the holes that um, Mike Cocking, Clayton, redid very, very, very well. Um, had a terrible false front in the first iteration of that green. It wasn't terrible. It was just a false front and it was a little bit unfair for sometimes a very good shot. Now it's a much fairer but no less challenging green. Uh, it looks magnificent. You know, you can take a good photo of it from any angle, front on, side on. Any of the guests that I've had down there, I'll always make sure I get a photo of them on the tee box with that green. And uh, in the background, the there's a hill behind it, which goes up to the 12th of the uh, 10, 11, 12, yeah, 12th of the north. And so it's got a little amphitheatre around the green. Um, and it just looks fantastic, all the bracken fern up there. So, yeah, I, I like that hole, but I could probably list a couple of others. I like the 18th. It's hard not to like the 18th. But, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say the 14th on the north. Do you want the south as well? Yeah. The south course, I think my favourite hole is the – have to be the 13th. Do you remember the 13th? Pults, the par four. It's got a little dam on the left there. It's got the fairway I bunker. I probably went in it if it's on the left. <laughs> fairway bunkers on the right. Um, it's not an easy hole. It's a little bit. I too- think we started on about the eleventh. Is that right? Is there a is there a ten and an eight rather than a nine yeah. and a nine? Yeah, the eleventh yeah. is near the the road there. Yeah. We tee up up yep. there. Twelfth. Uh, did I say the thirteenth? Yeah. yeah, yeah, the thirteenth. Yeah, I like that hole. Yeah, the reason I asked about your favourite hole is that some questions that are floating around on my Instagram. The most popular question I get is, what's your favourite hole? Okay. And there's so many variables. If you say the favourite hole on a course, mm. then you can sort of place it a little bit more. But it, like what Phil was saying, favourite to play, favourite to look at, favourite to watch on, and very, very different. How many questionnaires do you do you put out? You know, it's like a Monday. It seems to be it like com- a Monday. It thing. comes out on Monday. Yeah. Um, and part of the reason it comes out on Monday is because there's just a you spend five hours with your mates on the course on the weekend, and then a lot of questions come up. So most of the questions that I ask have just been, oh, I'll settle it. It started out because um, someone uh, very close to you two right now happened to putt off a green and then chipped up and knocked it in. So I was on a par five and two, putted off the green, chipped up and made par. And it was a putting comp that day amongst our little group. And uh, and my mate said, oh, so three putts. And I said, no, and they had two shots on the green, so it's two putt. And then I went to Instagram and said, how many putts would this be? And I give an option and it spits out your percentages. So some of my favourite questions um, I have an interest in because we've discussed it on the round um, throughout. So one of the questions on the weekend was, oh, you'd beat Donald Trump, wouldn't you? So I asked the people and um, the most popular question I get because I give an opportunity for people to ask questions is what's your favourite hole, but it's just far too broad. Mm. If you say favourite hole to play in Victoria, then you've probably got a little bit, uh, the parameters are set a little bit more. Um, I get a lot of hate for it. I think some people don't understand that I'm not answering the question. I'm asking the question and then people respond with whatever they um, whatever they want. And um, I give some options, and you can only give four options, so it's not always the best, the best system to run it. So um, that's how it started. Monday, the kids are in bed, and I'm uh, not really watching TV that much, so it just sort of came out on a Monday. It's been going about six or eight weeks now. Do you keep the answers? I've got yeah, yeah. You can go back and have a look at them. Yeah. So I've got a couple here. Um, 
that are my favourites. I've just got three questions that I'll run past you boys yeah, if you've got time. Far away. Uh, should there be free golf for kids? Yes. Yes. So that's, how I, that's how I started. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And uh, I've heard your stories, Ross, about how you started and there were 70 juniors or something like that mm-hmm. uh, on a Sunday morning. 98% of people say yes. Um, you, know, free... you, know, you know how much it cost us for the Saturday sub-junior, Sunday, sorry, sub-junior comp at Cessnock with um, – John Linnitson and uh, his father and Kay Linnitson, who put that whole suite of week in, week out, nine hole competitions. We played for like glass crystal wear, you know, like we that was the trophy. Mm. Like you didn't get, you might have got a rocket or a hot dot and a bit of glass trist, crystal wear. <laughs> like, um, and you just used to cherish these glass, just crystal, crystal wear. Um, 75 cents. Yeah, that's, wow. That's how much it was. 75 cents. It wasn't even a dollar. Wouldn't happen these days, would it? No. Sorry. All right. Next question I want to run past you. Should you get free relief from divots on a fairway? I'm pretty firm on this one. I'm, I could, I'll die on this hill. Uh, PK, you go first. Um, look, the chances of me actually finding a fairway, let alone a divot in the fairway, is, <laughs> you know, is pretty, pretty minimal. So I'm happy to you know, play it as it lies. Although being in a social club, we do have – you know, preferred lie in the fairway, so it's a bit of a mute point. Okay. Uh, I value my friendship with um, the number one golf rules uh, official in Australia too much to say anything other than no. Now, it might be unpopular, but if you're playing with mates, yeah, kick it out, throw it out, do what you want if it doesn't matter. But uh, 70% of people said, yes, you should. My my two cents um, have there's no definition of a divot. Mm. How do you know what a divot is? When does a divot become repaired? What's the difference between a divot and a bad lie? There's too many, um, too many gray areas for mine. So I don't think you should, I think it's just part of the game. It's unfortunate. Um, but I can't see how you could define what a divot is enough to remove it. I think Mark Leishman at St. Andrews in a playoff hit one down one in a divot made bogey and it was a four hole playoff and he, he lost, and I don't think he lost by one in the playoff, but I think he contributed to it maybe 2010 when Louis won. Mm. I just can't see how you can say that's definitely a divot, that's definitely not, or it's semi-repaired, or your ball could be in it, or it might be an odd divot. There's too many too many variables for me. Uh, yes, yeah. I agree. Uh, the simple, yep. simple thing is fill your divots, take a sand bucket, mm. fill it so they grow back uh, quicker than, than not filling it, and um, hopefully you have to play out of less divots. So, Hopefully. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I like this. Give me another one. All right. Uh, favorite major. Favorite men's major. That's oh, an easy one for me too. PK? Easy can... for you. Yeah. Phil? Um, I've always been Masters, always been Augusta. Okay. I'm the I open. think we know yours, Roscoe. Yeah, I'm the yep. open. Yeah. So there was uh, 69% Masters, 38% um, the Open, yeah. and 1% US Open. Um for me, the criteria on that is I've never been to a master, so I can't really say a like-for-like like comparison. I've had the privilege of going to two Opens now and I'll go to my third next year at Royal Troon, which is the same as my first. 2016, I went to Royal Troon, uh, the the Open last year at St Andrews, and then I'll go to Royal Troon next year. Now, I missed out. Are you go, aren't you going to the, the women's at St Andrews as well next year? 
I'm going to try and go to the four events that are in Scotland in July, August next year. So we've got the women's okay. ARG at St Andrews. I think that'll be absolutely monumental um, to go and spend a day or so walking around St Andrews and being able to get, you know, there's just going to be less people than there was at the 150th. That's a given. But I think there'll still be plenty of people there. Uh, but to get up close and see the women play the old course, I think that's once in a once in a generation sort of thing for me. Um, then you've got the senior, the seniors open, I think it's at Carnoustie. And then obviously uh, the other event that's in Scotland at that time is the Trust Women's um, at Dundonald, um, which is a place that I'm pretty fond of. Um, so I wouldn't mind trying to get to all four of those if uh, time, weather, holidays, etc., permits. Um, I know a couple of people in Scotland, so hopefully it should be able to work. But the, back to the point is... I like the accessibility of the Open and the thing that, you know, I think what makes the Masters great is its lack of accessibility but in the same breath I I don't like the fact that it's so hard to get Masters tickets and, you know, it's almost unobtainable or seems to be unobtainable. Um, But that's the attraction of it as well. But the fact is that you can go into a ballot, pretty much get a ticket, and um and go to an open and and see such a wide range of you know very respectful um spectators there i really do like it no mashed potatoes over there are there there's not many mashed potatoes or uh baba buoys no yeah or get it get in the hole <laughs> oh there's, there's look there's a, a the drunk um a drunk scott or a drunk english uh fan isn't quite as abrasive as a, someone from the other side of the atlantic um but uh, yeah, they're not they're not perfect either. There's you know, there's a few bar, there's a few beers getting downed at the uh, open last year, and a few people out on course on on the Sunday uh, having a bit of fun. Usually in a little bit more spirited sort of way of going about it. But anyway, no one's they're not perfect. Uh, any others? Thoughts? Or are we just going to leave it at that? Uh, I've got one more that I'll run past you, uh, Phil. You'd be a good one to answer this because I think we know Ross's. Is it worth getting fit when buying new clubs? Yes, I'm. I'm currently going down this this pathway now. Um, also going to be with uh, Drum and Golf Store. Um, yeah, hundred mm. percent. I, th- I think if you want to enjoy your golf, um, I'm okay if you if I get to the stage where I'm introducing someone to the golf and and they don't want to spend a heap of money initially. Want to see if it's if golf is right for them? Yeah, grab a second hand set or a mate's old set that's fine but i think it's actually going to be cheaper in the long run if you get something that's fitted for you and suits you and it's definitely going to be better uh you can trust the stores a lot more than buying offline um it's going to be suited to you and your swing and where you are in your golf progress i just i just can't see why you wouldn't if you're a semi-serious golfer uh there's a number of aspects to getting fitted and yeah there's a wide variety of options of for getting fitted. If you want to go down the whole, you know, bespoke rabbit hole and get the fancy, you know, upmarket, upcharge shafts, you can go that way. Uh, and I've seen plenty of examples where that sort of methodology has helped people, but I've seen plenty of examples where having the $700 shaft in the latest driver has not helped someone um, and is actually been detrimental to their golf so there's plenty of examples of that but 
you know, just the fact that you're going getting something fitted, especially for the newer golfers that, you know, have come through clubs that they've bought maybe on marketplace because they thought that was a good deal or they knew the brand name or they saw I had a mate that said get that because the other mate said that he had a set when he was, you know, playing off three or whatever. All those variations and iterations, you know, if you speak to someone who you can have a bit of trust with, they will generally point you in the right direction. Now that direction can take a couple of ways. Using the chap that I mentioned there before as the example, older gentleman, 58, six foot six, um, and, you know, needed clubs that were really long, like two inches longer than standard. But he'd never been fitted before. So he we identified that he was playing with irons that were old, lacking sort of the technology. Um, they were Cobra baffle blades, beautiful old irons, but, you know, we gave him something that is going to suit him for now being 58 or 59, but also that's going to suit him when he's sort of 65, 67. And, and that was a real important part for me to explain to him. So he, he ended up in, you know, a, a club that, you know, really is going to suit him down the track, but is going to do the job now because he's still swinging pretty fast. So, you know, I had to explain to him and he said, oh, I'm getting old. So I, well, I need to get more forgiving, lighter weight shafts. He, you know, he was already sort of supposing that he was going to be old and, you know, having to play the clubs that he watches his mates play with. But I said, listen, you know, you're six foot six. You know, you, your circle of your swing is generating speed now, which most 35-year-olds don't generate. Just simply the geometrics of the way that speeds generates. And he was generating like 90 miles an hour of seven-iron clubhead speed. I said, you know, the... the the likelihood of probability that you're going to degrade from 90 miles an hour to 65 miles an hour in sort of seven to 10 years is very unlikely. And if it does, well then, you know, it's usually going to be from another factor like an injury or something like that. And then we can deal with that. You know, we'll, we'll look at that. But right now, you know, I want to build you a set of clubs that you can use now, but you are going to stay with you, you know, through that sort of sphere of swing speed that you're going to sort of end up around. And, you know, he told me that he's going to play more. He's getting some coaching. You know, he's taking the game serious, which he hadn't done. You know, he was late to the game um, and he hit it really well. So we got him a really nice set of golf clubs, the right length, the right weight shaft, the right flex, the right grip size, the right lie angle for his height. And it's... You know, I could always already see the smile on his face. Sorry. So there's a lot to take into account there that you can't do from a marketplace or your grandfather's set or your mate's old set, isn't there? I'm a big advocate for playing golf is better than not playing golf. So if your only avenue into the game of golf yep. is to get a set of clubs that way and hit a golf ball on a golf course into a hole, that's better than not umming and ahhing around yep. what, should I get fitted, should I not, so I don't do it. Just get out there and play golf. I had another example of a seven iron yesterday. A young, um, young, I didn't think I had any of these seven irons left and it was actually a Scottish um, couple that came in. Again, an, an older gentleman, 58, um, came in. I picked up on the accent. We had a great chat. I wasn't fitting in but I uh, had a great chat. He was from Dumfries, which is down the borders. Um, you know, we had a bit of a football chat, of course. You know, he knew I was a Heart of Midlothian fan. We very quickly worked out by the way I was talking. He was a Heart of Midlothian fan. He was a Rangers fan, unfortunately, but also a Gretna, uh, no, not a Gretna, a Queen of the South fan, playing the third division. Um, anyway, uh, then his wife joined and then his daughter joined. His daughter was 21. She lived in Melbourne. They were from the country. I said, oh, do you play golf? She says, no. 
and we had this great chat about her being sort of Scottish born Australian. She had a funny accent and not a fun, no, it wasn't a funny accent. She sounded, she sounded like an English accent, but it was like Australian. But, you know, I asked her the whole questions, you know, can you speak in a Scottish accent when you speak to your parents and all that sort of thing. So we had that sort of familiar chat. I said, why aren't you playing golf? She said, I've never tried. I said, well, what if I give you a club? Would you try? Probably not. I gave her a club. I said, okay, just jump in there and have a hit. And all of a sudden she's just swung this club back to like 10 o'clock, delivered it to impact. The ball's popped up into the screen. It's flown 50, 60 metres down the fairway. I said, there you go. How good did that feel? She said, that, was, that wasn't too bad. I said, it was actually pretty good. She said, no, it's rubbish. No, it was pretty good. Do it again. And she had like five or six and she just pinged, pinged these little nice little chippy sort of seven irons down the fairway. I put the seven iron in a box and said, there you go. I said, now you can go and hang out with your dad when he plays golf and you can have your own club. And she went, thanks. Not sure if I'll use it, but uh, if I don't, if I don't have it, I won't. So I'll take mm. it and I'll give it a go. There you go. Yep. Away you go. It's great. Immediately a golfer, if she's uh, if she's expecting great things and not delivering, that's, that's part of golf, isn't it? I can only hope so. I can only hope that yep. the young lady uh, does, you know, I said, if nothing else, you know, your friends are going to go to the driving range and you can have your club rather than hitting, you know, get back to the fitting point, rather than hitting your you know, partner or your boyfriend or your mate's clubs, um, you can go take your own club to the driving range and you can walk up with your own club and you can say, I've got my own club, don't worry, I'll be fine. Have a glass of wine or whatever it is down at Albert Park Range, which they've redone and it looks magnificent and, and do all of the social stuff and, and have a great time and hit golf balls with an appropriate club for her size, strength, height and, and uh, ability. Sounds good. Well, just on that question, 92% of people thought that getting fitted was the way to go. Good. Yep. Um, sorry, I've gone on. You've So you asked me a question. I'll go on a bit of a rant and sort of deliver a sort of sermon-like, and I'm sorry I haven't – hopefully I haven't turned anyone off. But um, uh, Very good. Gents, again, thank you. Your support is uh, immeasurable and valuable, and I appreciate both of you. And um, hopefully I've lobbed that on you enough to say that you're going to help me choose these, my love of golf – golf stories and we'll probably see you back on here at some stage helping you know you can you as the giveaway kings re-giving away and i've got plenty of stuff to give away and it might be big sometimes it might not always be a no not might not it won't always be the value of a bushnell tall v6 rangefinder but i'll always be i'll give something away more often than we have done as we sort of continue this journey of finding out people's loves loves of golf um gents thanks for joining see you next week eh? Thanks for having me. Cheers, Ross. Thanks, Thanks, Roscoe.